welcome to Launch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications for the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches partnering together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. Well, I'm joined on this episode of Launch by Lee Lewis. He's on staff at Radiant Church in Austin, Texas. And we're going to be talking about pastors and their emotional health, pastors and church leaders, uh, and their emotional health. What are some of the things that pastors and church leaders need to know about themselves, need to recognize about themselves, and what are some of the tools that God has provided to make sure that we remain emotionally healthy as we minister to so many other people in such difficult times. Welcome back to Launch, everybody. This is Marty Duran. I'm glad to be back with you. And I'm joined today by a man that a lot of you know, but it's possible some of you don't. It's also possible some of you know him by name and you've never met or heard from him. Uh, this is Lee Lewis. He's uh, on staff at Radiant Church in Austin with the Reverend Andy Snyder. And um, Lee, thanks for hanging out today, man. Oh, my pleasure, Marty. I'm glad. Um, so since it's likely that there's listeners who don't know you, why don't you talk a little bit about who you are, where you come from and what it is that you do that leads you to be on this episode today? Okay. Um, I am, um, I pastored since 2005, I started out in <clears throat> Dallas, uh, the Metroplex up there, central Texas, uh, had the privilege, uh, to get into biblical counseling and start pastoring around the same time. So then some guys, uh, you, know, you just start looking for mentors and people who are ahead of you in ministry. And Garrett was actually one of those guys. And there's, mm -hmm. there's others I could mention. Um, but that kind of pulled me into the whole soul care arena, which was uh -huh. um, bringing the best of biblical counseling and trying to really bring it into equipped churches. So did that in Dallas for uh, around 10 years and then was up in Canada. And that's when I got into harvest slash great commission collective, mm -hmm. went, went up to Canada for three years, started to really connect with lots of, Harvest and GCC churches. That was a sweet time. Um, and, and obviously that's where we are now. I came down to Austin about three years ago. Uh, I've been here ever since. Wife and four kiddos and, and so busy doing ministry. I don't have a private practice. I still do a lot of counseling, uh, equipping with um, a variety of churches. So, Fantastic. Well, we're, um, we're coming out of a, a time uh, in parts of the world and in other parts of the world, uh, may not be coming out of uh, pandemic time in the way that um, that some of the states has been recently. Mm. But whether they're coming out of or still in the middle of, um, pastors are dealing with a lot of emotional weight, uh, especially over the last 16 months or so. So we're going to be talking about that today. Um, emotional healthy pastoring uh, post-pandemic and, and uh, late pandemic seasons. Um, so I want to pitch a couple of things out to you, let you comment on them. We'll just go back and forth a little bit. Um, but let's start off with talking about, uh, the practice of mourning and lament and what it mm -hmm. means to filter disappointment through kind of a biblical lens or a biblical filter, kind of talk about why that's important and even how it might work. Yeah. Um, second Corinthians seven, um, talks about, uh, a godly sorrow or, um, uh, a godly mourning uh, versus a worldly sorrow, um, one leading to life, um, one leading to death. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of truth in and around, you know, what Paul's talking about in that. But, but I think 
taking that specifically uh, to, to what you asked about um, mourning and lamenting. I mean, there's so much disappointment, you know, in, in and around ministry. Um, but, but ultimately, we live in a fallen world. And so, so ministers of the gospel, pastors, elders have really a front row seat to depravity and brokenness. Um, you know, and we're, we're grounded in the hope of Christ and the, and the hope of the gospel that we've been delivered from all of it, but we still interact with it daily. And I don't, I don't know that um, we're given much space in Western churches to, to lament in healthy mm. ways. Um, I think that's a cultural brokenness that, that we, we actually interact with knowingly and, and oftentimes unknowingly, but pastors, especially like, Learning how to process um, sorrow, uh, learning to lament, I think, actually pays massive dividends to their own emotional well-being. Mm. Um, and eight sections of the scriptures are actually devoted to lament. You know, um, and so it's like, how is this such a blind spot in Western churches or such a neglected area? I say it that way. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the first thing that I would say, and um, in, in creating space to do that, like early and often. I think is important. And most pastors don't create space to do that. Mm. A number of my um, African-American pastor friends have mentioned that that is a, uh, a unique part of the, what I'll call the black church experience, mm -hmm. the inclusion of lament in uh, worship. And so uh, I, as I thought about their comments to me about that, I'm like, you know, that really is true. When I grew up, um, we didn't talk about lament. I mean, it didn't mean we didn't cry at funerals, but we, right. you know, we didn't have a theology of lament. And yeah. <clears throat> as pastors are coming through some of this stuff, and we've talked about on different podcasts uh, and, and even um, video conferences, we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the hurt of people leaving the church during this time and the hurt of, uh, you know, wayward children uh, during some of these seasons. And it, it is good and necessary, I think, for pastors to learn how to mourn and lament biblically. I think you've mentioned um, that there's a, uh, that part of, a, of dealing with this and learning to cope through this is abiding in Christ. Explain how uh, that presence helps us in these times. Well, and, and I mean, obviously, John 15, that's, you know, that's that picture of abiding. Um, and that's just such a rich idea that uh, it's not a word we use very often um but just that picture of relating and fellowshipping and, and bringing your allegiance and your all all your affection under relationship with christ and um and so specifically with with mourning uh, with lamenting like i think so often like the heart of a person um specifically a pastor can be there's just gnawing kind of nagging a sense of disappointment and, and, mm. and they don't always know what to do with it. And, and so then abiding, if you, if, if abiding is a narrow, kind of a narrow understanding of abiding, where it's the devotion time or their quiet time or their time in the word, but, but they're not really letting that abiding relationship with Christ search those areas of disappointment. I, I think that's where there's a growing disconnect between their spirituality and their emotional health. Cause I think those should be very, very closely overlapping. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and then learning to bring loss and disappointment into that place of relating to Christ as part of their pursuit of Christ. Not like separate or in addition or, right. or when they finally just hit a breaking point, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think abiding and then I, I, you know, 
Garrett's taught me a lot about what I'm about to say, but, but looking for consistent spirit-filled relationship, and maybe not, mm. maybe there's not dozens of them, but, but one or two um, that really foster uh, just the ability to be vulnerable and transparent. Like for instance, we, we had an elder retreat with, with the elders at our church a couple of weeks ago, and, and we just spent a day together. Like we prayed for lots of things. We prayed for vision. We prayed and sought the Lord's face on a couple matters and then got into some business matters. Um, but one of the things that uh, two of the elders said about me afterwards was they realized that how important it is for me to, be able to process broken situations at the church, mm-hmm. like in a safe setting where, without feeling like I have to like guard my words. Mm-hmm. Because what they realized was in me processing that it was actually helpful for me to like bring it before the Lord and bring it for them for any type of reproof and or just encouragement. And, and I said, yeah, I can't say this to a lot of people. I can't say these things to lots of people. So you guys being able to hear that is a sense of me releasing it to the Lord and me asking for y'all to speak into it. Like that's so cleansing for me, but I don't have many relationships that I can do that with. So you got to seek them out and take advantage of them um, as part of like processing hurt, disappointment, um, frustration, you know, just mm-hmm. in the depths of your heart. You mentioned um, like things that, would resonate with transparency, vulnerability, those kinds of things. Is there a connection between our uh, inability slash or unwillingness to practice transparency and vulnerability that inhibit our ability to mourn and lament properly? Yeah, I think there's a, um, there's probably multiple connections. I think this, one of the stronger ones is again, that Western mentality. Um, and, and it doesn't have to just be a Western thing. Cause I think pride, any type of pride works against this, but mm-hmm. pride doesn't want to be in a weak or compromised position. And, mm-hmm. and, and sorrow is a, is a stark reminder of how weak and broken we are, you know? Um, and so avoiding that at all costs tends to be what pride does, you know, self-protection mm-hmm. does the same thing. So, so if our culture already struggles with, you know, mourning, lamenting, bringing sorrow to a place of, of just lamenting biblically, um, then that by default, I think, closes a person up um, in a way where transparency and vulnerability is going to be very difficult. It just mm-hmm. has to, to by default. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, I think even if a person doesn't know the art of lament yet in a biblical sense, like if they start seeking out transparent, vulnerable, Christ-honoring, in the light relationships to just kind of bring their hearts before another brother, another sister. Um, then I think they, that actually teaches them, instructs them towards steps in lament. There's actually a book that came out not too long ago called dark clouds, deep mercy. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that book was well overdue. Um, that is a phenomenal resource, um, for teaching people how to lament and mourn biblically. Um, and so, uh, I, I highly recommend that book just, for your own personal, personal edification and growing in this particular neglected area. Wow. What are some ways that, um, <clears throat> that pastors and leaders can, uh, seek out ways and think about how their own emotions impact other people, especially, uh, if, if their own staff or if they're the lead pastor, how their emotions would affect the staff and potentially even other key leaders in the church, whether that's staff members or elders or, kind of that next level of directors that some churches have that are either part-time or not full-time or volunteer. I mean, um, how does that 
work around where pastors that are struggling with their own emotions find that scenario kind of negatively impacting the people that they're around? Yeah. Well, you know, like if, if a pastor's in a, in a lead position, you know, he's got a staff, he's got uh, volunteers, he's got support staff, like lay leaders that came to him. And, 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 and so if he, if he struggles with vulnerability, uh, chances are he's, he's moving right past um, things in, in those who are closest to him, helping him build ministry, ministry and do ministry um, and not creating space to hear from how what he does affects them or how what he doesn't do affects them. Um, and, and not all people are emotionally mature. People are all over the map. And so mm-hmm. if you've got a culture that's not very emotionally safe, then you're probably doing a lot of emotional damage, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, and so I think creating space to, to, to process with people, you know, especially if something intense happens, maybe in the church, or there's like some type of staff dynamic that, that, that's, that's, that's been at play, like creating room to like really hear people's thoughts, concerns, um, hurts over maybe what happened or transpired or, or, or just things that are going on in the life of the church. I mean, to, to be able to process their, the, the, the staff's personal losses, you know, how's your family? How are you interacting with the pandemic? How are you interacting with this loss from your mother's side of the family or whatever the case may be, just creating room, I think mm-hmm. invites people in to transparency and honesty and then looking to Christ together while praying through, praying through fears. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing I tell pastors to do, pray your fears, pray your concerns. So if you're doing that and you're creating space for your staff members or your, 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 your leaders in the church to do that as well, again, you're modeling and fostering uh, a culture of just gospel centered care that, that invites um, people to be honest, transparent with the struggles, the fears, the disappointments, the discouragements that they may carry, and then take those to the cross of Christ together. That goes a long way in creating a healthy, emotionally mature environment. Are there, are there things that we don't readily think of as spiritual that can also be helpful? And, and what I'm thinking about here, I, I think you'll agree. I, I purposely phrased the question the way I'm phrasing it. Uh, to get people's attention. <laughs> so we, for instance, we don't typically think of going for a round of golf with friends as a spiritual thing to do. We don't typically yeah. think of taking a nap as a spiritual thing to do. We don't typically yeah. think of going on a hike or something like that. Going fishing is a spiritual thing to do, but they are emotionally healthy things that we can do. Yeah. So yep. um, talk a little bit about how important and maybe some strategies to work those types of things in that allow us to relax, to be refreshed, to be restored, which is part of spiritual growth. We just don't always think about it that way. Yeah. Um, we, when we've done some of the leader health cohorts, like we've talked a bit about this. Um, in fact, we need to do another one of those um, sooner than later, but um, b- building rhythms, you know, mm-hmm. and w- one of the, one of the rhythms I think uh, that, that needs to be in, um, the pastor's life as part of growing in these key emotional health areas is uh, what I would call like abiding days um, and, and building those in where they're a regular part of your rotation. Like, you know, and I've heard guys who do different things like one, one abiding day a month where they get away 
for a day. It's not overnight, but they get away just to seek the Lord, press into a variety of things um, personally, uh, maybe even uh, discipline-wise, spiritual discipline-wise. Maybe they'll fast. Um, and then guys will even do like, they'll, they'll pull away quarter, you know, like for a day and a night, once a quarter, you know, there's just but building that rhythm in, I think is important. And then what I love to do, um, and I do this a couple times a year is I'll write a Psalm. Um, uh, this is something that we, that I, I learned from 12 stones, uh, the intensive counseling ministry, and it's a regular part of my counseling ministry, but writing your own personal Psalm and, um, but like really laying out, here's where my heart is. Um, and not in a, not in the sense of just kind of vomiting it up, but like being very honest with where my heart is and then drawing gospel truths into those areas, repenting where, where I need to repent, replacing lies with truth where that needs to happen. And then bringing my heart to a place of hope rather than just discouragement like that, that cleanses my soul. And I think the Psalms do that really well. Um, I think journaling can be a piece of that. Um, but then looking for people that you, that you really know um, will let you be where you are, will encourage you, will speak truth to you, and purposely putting yourself around them regularly. Like, so like for me, it's my dad. Mm. Um, I, I don't get to see my dad near enough, but like I, I make it a point a couple times a year to go see him where I and to let him speak into my life. And mm -hmm. there's other men I could do that with. There's some older pastors that I can go do that with. But that has been invaluable for me just to stay in a place of honesty, transparency, centered around Christ, where, where they will then help me process loss, discouragement, and then get my eyes back to be like Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the mountain, mm -hmm. right? They, they'll help me get there. That keeps me open and clean and and. And, and I like to say unclogged spiritually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Lee, man, thanks for this. This is, um, this is good stuff. And we're at a, we're in a season, um, that I think everybody has agreed already on this, that we're in a season that nobody's faced before, uh, in no. the, 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 uh, intersecting points of different things that, that guys are going through. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's bound because we are, uh, human and our frames are made of dust um, to affect us in ways. And so emotions can't be overlooked. And, uh, I appreciate you hanging out today and sharing this, yeah. this, uh, this good stuff that'll help our guys. My pleasure, Marty. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to launch the GCC podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, why not take a moment to do that? In your favorite podcast app. Also, rate and review the podcast when you get a moment. That helps us with search results and recommend us to your friends, maybe other pastors that you know who will benefit from the content from this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our website if you haven't done that already. It's gccollective.org. That's gccollective.org. And there's a lot of helpful information. There's articles, there's how you can join the GCC, whether a church planter or an existing church, and plenty of other content that'll help you grow spiritually and encourage you in your leadership journey.